0: Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of the Medical Device Success Podcast and Videocast. I am Ted Newell, your host. Thank you very much for spending some time with me today. Today's episode is called CRM2, Going from CRM to Salesforce Automation. It's time to get some real firepower out of our CRM. Our guest today, for the second time, is Eliza Hammer-Gage, Senior Consultant for Red Argyle. Red Argyle is a highly respected Salesforce consulting partner. This episode builds on the foundation that we laid in Episode 35, CRM1. In that episode, we covered the important initial steps a company needed to take to employ and get clear benefits out of their CRM. Today, we assume a company has taken these steps and built CRM compliance into their company culture. Now we want the CRM to start working harder for the sales and marketing teams. This is where CRM turns into Salesforce automation and accelerates revenues. I apologize for not stacking this episode right on top of episode 35 some other time-sensitive interviews got in the way, many of which you've probably listened to. As many of you know, I'm also the host of the MedTech Leaders community. This is a community where MedTech leaders and those that are aspiring to be leaders get together to help each other out with best practices, problems, solutions, ideas, and successes. You can learn more about this community at medtechleaders.net. There is a 30-day free trial. If you like this podcast and videocast, please be sure to rate it, recommend it to a friend or subscribe. And in the show notes, you will find links to Eliza Hammer Gage, and you will also find links to Red Argyle. Okay, it's time for us to build on that CRM foundation we laid and increase revenues. Let's get together with Eliza. Eliza, it's great to have you back again for our second episode where we are focusing on CRM. And um, last time we sort of covered some of the basics, some of the problems, possible solutions. And now we're going into what we're calling CRM 2. So it's great to have you here again. And I think this will be very interesting.
1: Yes, I'm so glad to be here, and I think you know this topic is is big and deep, and we could talk about it for a long time, so I'm really thankful that we can continue our conversation.
0: Well, I'm sure we could talk about it a long time, because that's what you do as a profession, and Yes, <laughs> people wouldn't be consultants. So tell us about what you do for Red Argyle and a little bit about Red Argyle.
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Eliza Hammer-Gage. I'm a senior consultant um, for an organization called Red Argyle. Uh, so we implement salesforce.com and build really cool custom solutions on top of the salesforce.com platform. Um, we work with a lot of different different types of organizations. Um, I would say our bread and butter is really um, communications and some Fortune 100 household sorts of names you've probably heard of. Um, and we've also really found a sweet spot in, in med tech and pharmacological oversight. So I think it's a neat place where our worlds overlap. Um, and I'm really excited have a chance to talk with you guys, talk with you about um, Salesforce and what the platform can do for sales organizations of, of really any size.
0: Okay, great. And what's the cat's name?
1: Oh, my cat's name is Mama.
0: Ma- Mama? <laughs>
1: <laughs> she adopted us a few years ago and came with the name and it has stuck.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, good. So if we go back to the last episode, one of the things we uh, talked about, and I think it's common knowledge, is that a lot of CRMs are underutilized. A lot of companies have purchased it, and you know they've implemented it to the degree that it's sitting at their company, but they're typically underutilized and frequently used as a glorified contact management system. And they're frequently tied to the accounting system. So a rep could go in track orders, you know, track uh, overall sales with a particular customer, do some follow up with them and so on. But there's a lot that they aren't doing with CRM and they're not really getting full advantage of it. So we talked about that. We and uh, we talked about a couple of the landmines that people step on when they're doing this and we talked about a few of the basic solutions. So, what were a couple of the basic solutions we talked about in terms of first step somebody should take with CRM?
1: So I think there's a, there's a few really critical next steps. I obviously uh, know and love Salesforce, but there are a lot of really great CRM tools out there. And so I think um, a software selection is an important process to go through. And I think beyond that, right. A really important next big step is figuring out what the problems you're trying to solve are, right. These tools are really powerful when we know what we're using them for. And so understanding you know, is it where in your funnel, right? Where in the pipeline your problems are and is it demand generation or is it closing deals? Is it coaching? There's a lot of various aspects of sales um, and sales enablement that CRM tools can help with, um, especially when they're configured to solve that specific problem. And and the other piece that we talked, on, uh, talked about, sorry, I'm going to start that over. The other piece we talked about a lot last in our last conversation was the cultural aspects and the kind of the right. team buy-in aspects of uh, bringing in a new CRM tool or any CRM tool um, and and taking the time to really evaluate, is your team ready for it? It's a really big change and um, making sure that they're being brought along for the ride because CRM is, a, is something that when done well will radically change their day and supercharge the way that they sell, but they have to be ready for it.
0: Right. Exactly. And we talked about like doing something as basic as defining their sales process. And and they may have a little bit of a different sales process for a couple different customers they have or different personas, but to define the sales process, put that into the CRM, but most CRMs do have a a sales process type of tool. So match that with the tool that's in the CRM already. And there could be a little bit of adjusting there and you could use a consultant to help do that. If you have to change some names or the titles of some fields and so on and so forth, but do that. And then just get people utilizing the sales process and following it. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I was going to do here is share my screen and this will also, um, I'm just going to share one slide here. One, one thing that I want to, I don't want to repeat this and spend a lot of time on it because I've done it over several episodes, but one of the reasons we're talking about this is because we're in the middle of this series on demand generation in med tech And MedTech doesn't have access to its typical demand generation sources right now due to COVID. And that's not going to change pretty much in the next year. And what I mean is that we've typically relied on salespeople to do the prospecting and to fill the funnel and right now you can't go out and really aggressively prospect, especially with people that you don't know because you can't get in the door due to guidelines, guidances from the CDC, the AMA, and Advamed So we just don't have our traditional methods and our trade shows are out the door. Um, we, we're in virtual trade shows and they've been very ineffective so far. People are very unhappy with them. So those are a couple of the issues that we have. And so, there are tools we can use, and CRM is one of them, and it is underutilized. So let's invest some time in making CRM work better for the organization and help the sales team be more effective. So we started last week. We just sort of summarized a bit of what we talked about last week. And what Eliza just referred to, which is the cultural issue, is the old sales guard that doesn't like something new they don't or they don't want to share the so-called power they have because they in a way they own the customers and they may own the prospects that they have and they don't realize that sharing this information is going to be empowering and then you have maybe some management that just hasn't bought into it either and they haven't really made the the system work so we talked about a few things and if you look at this slide We're going to assume today that some of these recommendations we made last week were put in place. So they have put a sales process in the CRM and that we've got at least 90% sales utilization of the CRM by the sales team. And the company has assigned a couple, one or two salespeople to be the experts in CRM that other reps can go to for help and with questions and so on. And that these, Two expert salespeople, they they host office hours once or twice a week where other sales reps know they're gonna be there to answer questions, toss around ideas, suggest improvements. They know they're gonna be there at such and such a time on a certain day every week. Office hours is gonna be open for CRM at the company. The sales team is actively following their progress now in the CRM, like with the sales process. And they're also using their dashboards to see how their funnel is. And sales management is managing the teams by the dashboard. So sales management isn't asking for another written report or anything like that. When they get together with the rep on their weekly calls, monthly calls, whatever, they're going to the dashboard with the rep and they're saying, okay, let's talk about what you've been doing. And there's other reports that are available. And finally, the C-suite is using the uh, dashboards as well. So everybody's on board. We're making this assumption. And this I think is really sort of like the basic outline of basically being on board. Am I right?
1: I would say that this is absolutely the baseline. And for most organizations that I've worked with, where they are brand new to Salesforce, it takes six months to a year to get to this point.
0: Six months to a year to get to this point. And I think people need to, and that's another thing we talked about last week was people need to give themselves the time to get this ball rolling and and invest in that time and realize it's going to take that time. And it's not, you said last week, it's not like you turn it on and everybody knows what to do. You know, there's right. training, help, coaching, and time involved here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the next place we want to go, I think is the next natural evolution for CRM usage. And And really what that means is not just using Salesforce or any CRM to like register deals and make really cool looking reports for management, but actually as a tool that helps with demand generation, setting and establishing cadences with communication to potential prospects or existing customers, um, collaboration with marketing. There's this next evolution where your CRM tool not only becomes a source of truth, but actually a really, really powerful tool that helps the team sell better.
0: Right, right. <clears throat> and here we're talking about cadences, correct?
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a really important topic to zoom in on. I feel like in the last few years, as we've talked about um, sales and marketing automation, there's been a lot of really big conversation around cadences and some really interesting studies that have been done um, in some industries, there's this really interesting statistic that bubbles up every once in a while about how when you're in a bidding sort of situation, the organization that responds first is the one that often wins the bid. Okay. Which I think is really interesting. Um, and then I think in in really relationship-based sales, right, things where it's often um, where sales rep have their own little black book the predictability of the outreach is often something that really helps maintain the relationship, right? If we know, oh yeah, I call you twice a year and we talk about your roadmap and we talk about what you've got going on and you kind of expect those calls from me, the likelihood of us having a relationship and you picking me when you've got a need increases. And so one of the things that I think is really important that CRM can do for teams is helping sales reps where that, activity, was traditionally done by the phone, potentially even mail or just showing up at the office, can be augmented with other forms of outreach. So I see a lot of reps these days um, working more in LinkedIn and other social media and partnering with marketing. And so if you'll allow me, I'd like to talk a little bit about what that partnership can look like because I think that's a really, really powerful way of expanding your cadence from just being okay every month. I have a reminder on my calendar, you know, to call Doctor Stanley, and he expects my call every month. To something that's actually um, full of really great content.
0: Right. And before we go over to the collaboration of marketing, can we talk about like what a a sales cadence might look like? Um, for example, let's say it's a, um, cause you can have several different kinds of cadences that you're using. And I think companies should try to keep this next step simple, but let's just say it's a cadence for, uh, selling to a new prospect. Um, and it seems to me like when I've studied this, that it's, it's almost like you, you take your sales process, but now you input actual elements that the sales rep is expected to follow properly because it's been proven by the sales team and the sales team has agreed to this that these things are the f- critical factors to success so mm-hmm. you know the you know the first step or two might be certain kinds of emails maybe there's a video embedded somewhere in one of them a message maybe there's a a, a document that's sent but it's these series of steps that you sort of know are in the sales process. And, and you're sort of committing, as you commit to this cadence, you're committing to saying, I'm going to use this wordage. I'm going to use this content in the email. And I'm going to use this video. You're sort of committing to that as opposed to um, shooting from the hip and checking off the boxes of the sales process, right?
1: Right, absolutely. And Salesforce does a really beautiful job with aligning that content to the process. And what I mean by that is, it gives you really nice places to put things like, if you're gonna go send an email about this topic, here's the language that we've, that's tried and true, right? Here's a white paper that's already in the PDF, here's a link to the video. And if you're in working with this sort of prospect and you're in this part of the sales cycle, right? Here's a couple of things that you can go sell and do. Or, excuse me, here's a couple of things that you can go send and use in those conversations. The other part of this that I think is really powerful is because it's um, because you're classifying your prospects, right? You're saying, okay, I know that these people are interested in this product line, I know that these people are interested in this service, right? We can better align what those prospects are interested in with the content that we're sending them. So if we know that this person has reached out to me before and said, hey, I'm really interested in this service that you guys provide. I want to know more. We can start to do, um, sales can start to do things that marketing has been doing for a long time, right, which is building lists and saying, okay, I'm going to flag this prospect as someone who's interested in this service. And so now as we're, working together to um, reach out to this prospect regularly, right? We know these are the services and products that they're interested in, and that's the content that I'm going to send them. That's the conversation that I'm gonna have because I think to the problem that you talked about earlier, where you know what trade shows aren't really working, you can't show up at offices, right? If we can't use some of those methods, to, to kind of reach out and make our presence known. The other thing that we have in our tool belt is really compelling content and messages that align with the problems that these folks are trying to solve. So if we can build up that content, right? Those, those email templates, that standard email language, frankly, even call scripts and, and those sorts of um, tools. Reusable objection handling is another one I've seen folks um, use Salesforce as a platform for collecting where it's like, oh, yeah, everybody always complains about the price of yada yada, right? Well, we can talk about how our team handles that objection and we can share that information across the team via the tools. Um, and so I think that when you start building up that content, now the tool isn't just a place where I go register my deals, but it's actually a place where I go organize my deals and, and work it out. I wandered and there was another point I wanted to make. We, You can pick this answer or the last one, if that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Which is the, as you talked about earlier, with the impacts of trade shows and not being able to do office visits, the other thing that happens is we need to give the sales reps another something to talk about, right? They need to really have a reason for calling, And so when you use a CRM tool to classify your deals, when you understand what sort of um, interest your pipeline has, you can generate content, you can generate events and other things to talk about that are of interest to the people you're trying to talk to, right? So if we know that everybody's really interested right now in COVID and PPE, right? And if that's the business that you're in, and let's go look at all of your prospect base who's seeing end patients, who's really interested in the COVID vaccine and PPE. Let's build content about that. Let's do outreach about that. You know, it, it, gives, you, it gives you more information about what, what sort of conversations you should be having. And it isn't just a, you know, hey, hi, how are you? It's actually like, hey, we just wrote this really awesome white paper about this thing I know that you're interested in. Let's talk about it right? Um, and making really good use of everyone's time.
0: And I think you can also build timing into cadences, correct? So Absolutely. it could. It's something where <clears throat> the rep knows that if they've done step one of a reach out, maybe it's a certain kind of email that talks about a couple features. They see that the person, the email was delivered and it was opened and or maybe something that was attached to it was downloaded. Then they're sort of triggered to know that, They should follow up in one or two or three days and it's actually put there. So the rep doesn't have to do this just in two or three days. It pops up on the CRM. It's time to follow up. This is the next step in this cadence. It's time for you to follow up. So it doesn't slip through the cracks.
1: Right. That activity management side of it all is huge. And the ability to say, You know, I want you, if you have this sort of phone call or this sort of interaction, follow up in two days, follow up in a week. And the system does that thinking for you right? um, and, and supports the reps in saying, you know, go try to have this meeting, right? Or if you've interacted with them in this many times, in this many ways, maybe it's time to actually start to push towards closing, right? Maybe it's time to ask for that bigger meeting or ask about contracting, whatever those big next steps are.
0: Right. And where this is different from what we were talking about last week in terms of the very basics of putting a sales process in, in that situation, the sales rep goes through a step in the sales process, and now they have to assign themselves a task to move to the next step and assign themselves and put a date in and put all that stuff in. They have to do that Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the original way. And what we're talking about now is they're starting to follow a cadence and they do step number one and the cadence already knows that it's going to remind them in another day or two or a week that a follow-up is required. Right. And what that follow-up should entail due to the result of whatever step they're in. So it could be, let's say things didn't go well and it's um, the person they're at the the fourth or fifth step of the cadence and they've actually gotten in touch with the person. And the person says, you know, look, this is a uh, very interesting. I, I believe in your product and everything I've learned about it, but it's just not in the budget right now. Um, you know, it's going to, and so you actually click an indicator, not in the budget right now, three month reminder, and that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to put that reminder in yourself. The cadence does it for you in three months. Bing, it comes back up, and you're you're back in touch with this prospect again.
1: Right, exactly. And that's, I think, that the other part of where folks can get to in a year, if, if they're really focused on it, is the, the deeper integrations with their email system or their phone system. So that way, the activity that they're doing every day is being passively captured. And if we can get the system to be really smart tools like Salesforce have a little bit of artificial intelligence and some other cool tech deep, deep in the platform. Right. um, That it will, it will think about it for you. It will set those reminders for you um, and help everybody not lose sight of those prospects who said not right now.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, So you wanted to head a, a little over toward marketing and collaboration. I took you away from that, but let's go there
1: yeah it's okay I, I my degree is in marketing so I can talk okay. about marketing for a long long time and I think that you know for as long as we've been talking about sales and sales management we've there's been a chasm in some ways between sales and marketing oh absolutely and, and I think that one of the really interesting shifts that's happening is now that everyone is talking about content more you know if you're a person who participates in any sort of social media you've heard influencers talk about content, Right, And the fact that most people now even know the words influencer and content, I think, really show how far marketing is sort of getting into the collective consciousness. And I think that the way that that impacts the sales organizations, especially as they're talking about demand generation and and setting cadences and working those things, is that the teams that I have seen who are most successful, sales and marketing have a really strong partnership And so as sales is putting in the data and classifying their prospects, you know, working with people and having these conversations, they're doing two really important things. One is that they are updating contact information, right? They're updating phone numbers and email addresses, and email is key to so much marketing automation. Um, And the other thing that they're doing is they're helping classify, right? They're helping express... helping capture they're interested in this product line or they're more specifically in this industry those sorts of things and so what ends up happening is when we talk about cadences there really can be two happening simultaneously so one is marketing's cadences where they are emailing out you know newsletters and webinar invites and that sort of content they're doing all the cool stuff on social media to help everybody understand what's going on right and get excited about it and there's and then the other part of that is when marketing and sales partner together marketing is the one who's creating really great content that's a little more personal for salespeople to then use and send right they're the ones putting together white papers these really cool videos that you've talked about that together, marketing is really creating this full stack of content that isn't just being used in really an advertising sort of way, but also being used to support one-to-one communication between sales reps and prospects. The other thing, and this is probably for most teams a year and a half, two years into using a powerful CRM like Salesforce, is you start to turn on marketing automation. And what that does, is when you have a sales team that's really humming and you've got a marketing team that's now automating stuff, you can start to get flags that bubble up. And what I mean by that is marketing is monitoring the website and the blog and the YouTube channel and all of that stuff all the time. And with the magic of email and some other artificial intelligence and tracking and all this stuff that the cool technology can do, we can actually start to watch how folks are interacting with our content, right? So there's there's some really great tools like Marketing Cloud and Pardot, both are part of the Salesforce universe. Um, and what what they can do is, if you've been coming to my website, coming to my website, you finally fill out a form, right? Maybe it's a register for an event or something like that. Now it actually starts to reconcile everything that you've ever read on my website with your email, and so now as a sales rep. I can go in and say, oh, look, every time we post a blog about, you know, office management for doctors or, you know, some such a topic, this person reads it, this person sends it along, this person interacts with this page for seven minutes, right? Or, oh, every time we have a webinar, this person is the first person to click through from Facebook to our website to go see that this webinar is coming. That tells me that that prospect is super interested And so we can teach the system how to identify a prospect on the marketing side that's super interested, and then throw it over the wall to sales for them to start to do person-to-person outreach. So now what this does is marketing is able to hand really qualified, really warmed up leads to sales to pounce on quickly. And it isn't just what it used to be, right? It isn't just here's the list of everyone who registered for the webinar, go call them, right? It's, here's the list of everybody who spent more than 10 minutes on our website this week. You know, maybe they deserve an email. And and when it's really skillful, you end up catching things like that person we were talking about earlier who said they don't have budget this quarter. Oh, look, here they are on the website again, only two months later. Maybe it's time to call them because maybe they're they just got a little bit more budget, and we've got something to talk about again. Um, that can all sound a little creepy, I think, to the average consumer how much watching these systems can do. But I think as long as it's all done sort of respectively respectfully and skillfully, it's a it's a really amazing and powerful way to connect people with products and services that they actually want.
0: Um, I think. I think this is a really good example, and this is where we have what I see as a real disconnect between marketing and sales, especially in medtech. Marketing is not always that strong, but they're frequently offering webinars or they have have on-demand webinars that are embedded on the website or an on-demand, so to speak, white paper that's embedded on the website. And what listeners and viewers should understand is that when somebody comes in and identifies themselves to be able to uh, download the white paper or watch the webinar, they have to identify themselves and typically give a last name, first name, last name, and email address, Now you've got the IP address of that person and you can see what the person does elsewhere on the website and that's what Eliza's referring to here is once that person's self-identified, now you can track them and you can track what they do on the website. So traditionally what we did, which is what you were alluding to Eliza, is we'd have a webinar, 100 people register, 30 people show up and the reps are given that list of 30 and the other 70 that didn't show up and you know they're cold calling all those people, not knowing anything else about their level of interest. But what you're talking about is you have a you have 100 people register, 30 people show up. Uh, they've ad- but all 100 now have identified themselves, and who knows? Maybe five of those that registered come back to watch it later. That couldn't see it when it was live, or you know, if 10, 15 of them do. <clears throat> and then they also then oh well that was a pretty interesting webinar and off they go to other pages on the website to learn more about the product or service and as you said with that information now now they're further down in the funnel and a sales rep you know the the marketing people can shift that over and say this is where they are in the cadence you don't have to start at zero right. you can you can call this practice up and say, "Well, you know, Doctor So and So has spent some time looking at this, looking at that, and I just wanted to see if he had any questions." And you're you're coming right in a little further down in the funnel and the and then the sales process.
1: Right, absolutely, and I think that the other place that this becomes really powerful is especially if you have a sales team that's really focused on net new business that. Having these, this sort of monitoring in place allows you to actually better understand your current customers a little better also. There's something, I have worn account management sorts of hats in my past, and there's something really amazing that can happen where marketing will, can come to your account manager and say, hey, this existing customer just participated in this, web, in this webinar or downloaded this white paper about this product that we had no clue they were even interested in. Do you want to bring it up on your next call? Right. And then your account managers or if it's for some, it might still be sales reps can sort of say, hey, you know, we just launched this new product. Do you have any questions? Right. And get the conversation started. Um, And you know that there's already some interest um, and some education that's happened there. I think that the other big evolution that's happening in the sales and marketing relationship is that there's new conversations, I feel like, especially in complex sales, around what marketing can do to help educate prospects, right? And what sorts of materials that they can put out there. So that way, sales doesn't have to do the entire lift of educating a prospect from no knowledge of your product or service to, you know, knowing enough and feeling enough confidence and trust that they're willing to buy, And marketing can play a huge role in producing the materials that help build that trust.
0: And, you know, I think if we go back to your comment that marketing can have its own cadences, so to speak. I I just interviewed a guy from NextCore yesterday, and we were using the term journey, Mm -hmm. which is somewhat related, somewhat not. But um, in this particular aspect, let's go back to the webinar example or. Um, And somebody, or let's even say a white paper, somebody downloads a white paper and the marketing uh, cadences are automatically triggered to send this person an email, you know, thanks for downloading. Hope you found it interesting. Here's something else you might be interested in. And you can actually see that the person looks at whatever the marketing people provided them. So now you can start to score how interested this person is, like if they're actively engaging in the materials that are being sent to them, the score gets a little bit higher. And that might be the trigger point where it gets thrown over the wall to the sales team. And it's really not like thrown over the wall. Actually, a message goes from the marketing team right into the CRM and tells the sales rep, you know, this person's a five out of 10 or a six out of 10 and you need to take over. Mm-hmm. and and follow this. And this is what they were interested in the past. So how would we, so we're talking about two sets of cadences here. One is the sales team following more um, deliberately the detail within the sales process and letting CRM push them to follow up at the right time points and and so on, and let the CRM inform them of where they should be in the sales process as while they're going through it. And then we got the marketing side. If we were to suggest just a starting point for this, because we're calling this CRM2, if we were to suggest a starting point, I'm just thinking here, they could take their most profitable product, um, maybe their lead strategic product, and build this around that only, you know, if they have 10 products or five products, we're not saying you have to create all this for all those products. Just start with something. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I, and I think again, um, and my clients and my colleagues hear me say this a lot, right. Is ask yourself, what's the problem you're trying to solve? If you have a really profitable project product, but you find that the education gap is really big, right. Or you get people really quickly through the funnel and then you have trouble you know, getting them over the hump to actually close. I would say focus your content on, on where, the tr- where the trouble currently is, right? And CRM data can help us identify that, right? We can watch how quickly deals are coming through the pipeline and where they're getting stuck um, or where we're finding we need to do more objection handling and those sorts of things. And I think if you if you identify those places where it's like, okay, maybe we've got this really cool product, but nobody knows about it, right? Let's focus that content and that energy at the beginning of the funnel and see what happens. And so I think that you're absolutely right that you don't have to do this for all of your products from day one. I think picking one is really great. And then picking, identifying that place in the sales process or the marketing and sales process where things are falling down the most. And when you start to build content for that point, right, then you can start to... um, grow all of your efforts here I think one other thing I want to highlight sorry to go back to sure the lead scoring stuff and the, and the journey stuff it sounds like the other person you interviewed also um, must work with CRMs a lot because those are two of our favorite uh, sorts of factors of both is that one yeah, we the- didn't
0: we didn't talk a lot about lead scoring actually yeah. I've been studying that myself because I'm I'm playing around with a uh, a, a really basic marketing automation platform right right now and I'm trying to understand the better yeah. understand the lead scoring but I do understand the basics of it.
1: Yeah, lead scoring is is really really fascinating. Lead scoring is basically a way to evaluate a, a lead or a prospect based on certain factors. So like how often do they interact with your content? How often do they take your calls? Do you have budget identified once they get a little further along? Right? Those sorts of factors and figuring out are they, are they a hot lead, basically? And I think one thing that's really important um, as, as we go back to talking about getting your team working in Salesforce every day or working in any CRM every day, one of the really powerful tools that we have for keeping all of this organized is a home page, right? So when they land in Salesforce or any CRM, for the first time in their day, it's all organized for them, right? We often spend a lot of time with our clients understanding what are those jumping off points, right? And so for some, they like to work closest to close. So you know, let's give them a component that shows them all their deals with a close date in the next week, right? And then maybe they wanna work the top of the funnel. So then we can show them another list of here's all of your prospects who have a lead score of greater than 100 or whatever your metric might be. And then the other thing is we can also talk about activity. So as we talked earlier about schedule an activity for two, three days a week, whatever from now, right? Looking at all of those tasks that you committed to doing that day. And so now you've got a team that signs on and they're not spinning their wheels, right? They're not saying, I don't, I don't know what I should do first. Right. Right. The directive is very clear. It's like, okay, I'm going to work closest to close. I'm going to spend some time on prospecting activity and I'm going to make sure I met my commitments today. And if I've done all of that, then I know I've had a job well done. Right. And it's very, very organized and it's very, very focused. And for a lot of reps, that's really helpful, right? It's, it's not dreaming everything up brand new every day. It's following a process and following cadences in order to make sure that every day is as productive as possible and that they don't have to rebuild from the ground up every time, that the tool, the system, the rest of the team are able to support them in using their time every day wisely.
0: And for the sales manager, they can go in and they can see that reps dashboard. And halfway through the day, they can dash off an email or send a text saying how to go with um, Dr. Smith. Mm-hmm. I know that's a, a really big deal. We're able to get through. Do you need any help? Right. You know, so uh, the, the sales management, it's very transparent to them too.
1: Right. Absolutely. And the, and the platform Salesforce specifically even gives us some other really fun tools for sharing that sort of information. So right. uh, one really common automation that we build is like a big deal alert So when a deal gets registered and opportunity gets created, that's over a certain dollar value or with maybe a strategic account that some critical people get a notification like, Hey, like we just landed, you know, or we just got this opportunity for this big key organization or over this dollar amount, you know, everybody swarm. Um, And then the other thing too, and this is not quite applicable for COVID times, but when we're back in the offices um, there's some really fun tools out there that help with a little bit of healthy competition and and celebration there's one that I'm really fond of called hoopla and basically what it lets you do is create dashboards that are actually up on screens throughout your office that show really critical things like leaderboards uh ringing the bell those sorts of really cool moments so that way everybody can see like oh yeah you know, Lisa's killing it. She's made this many calls today. Or oh yeah, Josh finally closed that deal that he's been working on forever and ever, and everybody can see how much activity is happening. Um they aren't just in their offices all all by themselves pounding the phone.
0: No, I think that's I think that's a great idea. And another thing, you just said something to trigger another idea in my mind which which comes with working virtually so much more than we are and i and i've seen a lot of publications indicating that even in industries that are not medically oriented this is not going to change the this element of the virtual component of selling and marketing is here to stay but one of the advantages is is how easy it is to bring other people into the into the the sales effort so it could be that you can actually build a cadence where you're offering or you're planning on talking to a prospective customer and you're bringing a sales engineer in on the call or you're bringing a product manager or you're bringing a key opinion leader in on the call to share their experience you know in the past when we just walked indoors and knocked on a door and walked in you didn't have that capability but now you can build that into the sales process and and have it be part of a cadence And we're so this goes back to even greater collaboration between marketing, sales, key opinion leaders, and so on and so forth, and getting the best use out of them.
1: Absolutely. And having patterns that you can rinse and repeat, right? If you know that with deals of a certain size or on a certain product line, having a customer testimonial or one of those other sorts of tools often helps push them over the edge right, then the, the, the CRM can help support that, right, and say, okay, if you've got a deal that's like this, right, in this shape, the last time we won one, this is what we did, and maybe we can go recreate that. Right. Um, it's This is another place where sales and marketing can are kind of blurring concepts a little bit, right? In marketing, we often talk about A-B testing, right, the idea of you try two different versions of the same sort of message on two different populations, and you see which one gets more results, Right. right, with tools like CRM, now salespeople can do the same thing. Right, you can have two versions of an email template. You can have two versions of some piece of content or objection handling script or something like that, and you can see which one works better and actually get real sort of scientific feeling results about um, the content that they're using every day.
0: And you, you know, you you talked about objections a little while ago. You could even approach an objection with a testimonial like if you know that there are two or three main ob- objections and you get you know several different key customers that have overcome that objection or maybe may have had that initially but as they began to use the product realized that the objection wasn't valid mm-hmm. now they could actually do a little video that a, a rep could share with somebody and you know the doctor could be saying, when I was thinking about implementing this product and integrating it into my practice or into my surgical routine or whatever it might be, I was really concerned about this, that, and the other, but I found with the help of the company that it really wasn't a concern at all because they had addressed it by this, by A, B, and C. And and the result is I've been very happy with, you know, using it in my surgical procedure or using it in my diagnostics, whatever. And they They get that they film it and it's just so easy then to plug into an email follow-up or or you could actually pull it in on a screen share in a virtual call with somebody that's part of the cadence that you're executing so i think the concept that the crm is a repository of a lot of tools that have been created in collaboration with marketing and also the feeding of the funnel not only by the sales reps, but also by the marketing crew. You know, I had a guy tell me the other day who's a he was really what you would call your old fashioned med tech sales rep in mm-hmm. some respects. He's younger, so I, I don't want to use old fashioned. He's he's a member of our community, the med tech leaders community. But he is a die hard in the field, knock on doors, you know, chase the doctor down salesperson until COVID hit. And also he changed jobs and he has a different type of job. He's really gone completely over to demand generation and trying some things with social media that's been successful for him. But he made the comment to me that he would like to have two marketing persons for every salesperson. Now he's exaggerating a little bit, but the point is that marketing can be so important and so effective in assisting the sales team.
1: Certainly. And I think that one of the themes for our conversation today is that I feel like the days of like the lone lone ranger salesperson are starting to come to an end. Right. Yeah. I think that yeah. we really are seeing that the people who are selling the most effectively have, you know, marketing resources and people at their at their fingertips. They have competent sales engineers at their fingertips. They have a team to collaborate with, a sales manager to guide them, that it isn't just you know, one person who's a road warrior, who's just making it happen anymore, that there's this whole team that participates in every deal and make sure that that deal is won.
0: Exactly. Okay. So if, if I was going to wrap this up, the, the capability of doing the most basic type of cadence, which would be a cadences related to the sales process to make sure it's done correctly and all the scheduling is done correctly, that is already built in to most CRM systems, correct?
1: So I'll speak to Salesforce because that's yeah. what I know. But Salesforce gives us a lot of really great um, declarative or clicks, not code tools for building those sorts of automation. Um, so you mentioned earlier journeys uh, there's right. also another f- word for that, which is a process. And so, what we can do is we can say, okay, if there's an opportunity of this type, and you know they are at this stage, then we're going to create these couple of activities um, for the rep, and they're there on the record, ready, 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 and waiting to be worked, right, okay. and, and and to be completed. And there's a lot of other tools within the platform that also help support those activities. One of my other favorites is called the path. So basically what it does is it outlines the sales process, you know, kind of checkpoint by checkpoint across the top of the record, and then provides a space for best practices and coaching that are specific to that part of the process. So if it'll, you know, it'll say, okay, we're in prospecting. And when you're in prospecting, you know, go check out this folder of resources, you know, don't forget to check in with so-and-so to see when the next webinar is, you know, here's some other really cool information. Um, I
0: love that. That's, that's an awesome, I just love that idea.
1: It's, it's really, it's really great because it's not just you know, that the reps are getting that little bit of coaching in their one on ones or in their, you know, regular sales deal review calls, but they're actually getting that little bit of coaching regularly from the system. And that's all custom stuff. That's all stuff right. that the sales manager um, can craft with whoever your Salesforce admin is or your consultant to make sure that those messages um, are real and right. And they're very easy to update, right? Maybe you roll this out and you realize that your team's really struggling in the negotiation phase right? We can add a little bit of help and some links to some content and those sorts of things in that phase specifically. So that way they know what fields to be looking at. They know what resources that they have. Um, and it's all right there uh, for them.
0: Excellent. I like that very much. And that's also very closely related to the whole concept of cadences, you know, that they, that they have this material that they can, that they can use. But uh, that's excellent. Well, great. Well, I think we covered a ton today. I'll have to think about this. Who knows? We may have to come back and cover more (laughs) just because there's so much to it. But the advice to the listeners and and to the viewers is bite off something that you can chew and make sure it works and don't get spread too thin over a a lot of different cadences, either on the sales CRM side or the marketing linking to uh, CRM and sales side. Pick a couple things specific, really dive in on them, get a couple of them done right, and then look at, see what the results are before you spread your wings and and move into other products or other services that you might apply these tools to.
1: Absolutely. And I think the only other thing I would add is going back to our conversation last week, <clears throat> This is where having your feedback loops established is really important. It's really important as you go through this next evolution of CRM that you're also listening to your team and handling their objections, right? Handling their requests um, in order to make sure that the system and the tools really work for them.
0: Excellent. Well, Eliza, thank you very much again for helping us out this week.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I'm happy to come back anytime.
0: Sounds good. Take care.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Is your CRM foundation solid? If not, work on it now. If it is, this is the time to be moving from CRM to Salesforce automation and some marketing automation. Start with one simple sales automation and marketing automation. Have both of these related to a key product. And then perhaps start with just a couple of your tech-savvy salespeople. Measure the results and create a success model. Once you succeed, I guarantee that these tech-savvy salespeople will be out convincing the rest of the sales team that they need to get on board. Again, thanks very much for listening in today. Now go win your week.